and literally as I was talking with him, I, I kind of just said like, honestly, what if I just, you know, what if I just traveled and set up clinics? Like I tried to get into global medicine and, yeah. you know, I could have all my friends come, you know, my buddy's going to be a geologist. Like, yeah, you can go study the rocks there. You know? <laughs> what do you do? Oh, you can come too. Like we're yeah. all just going to travel around and help people and do cool things. Like it literally started like that. Uh-huh. And you know, for most people that would just be a conversation. Yeah. But you know, for crazy people like me, you write it down and then you start trying to do it. <laughs> so about a month ago, I did a little conversation with my friend Tyler, and I met Tyler in our second year of college. Um, he was in the same dorm and knew some people in common and was a D1 wrestler there at Pitt. He's wrestled all his life, and I guess I mentioned that because I think it kind of uh, shows a lot of who he is as a person. He's probably one of the most dedicated people and motivated people I know personally, and um, was currently in med school at Temple in Philadelphia. But last year, last May, he came to visit Ecuador, where of course I live, and um, has done like a whole variety of traveling. He previously had gone to Haiti twice during college, um, taken a cross-country road trip, visited Australia, and then even after Ecuador, he took a solo trip uh, that same summer to Nepal and lived with a man named Govinda and his family. So he's done a lot, and we did talk about some of it. but I, uh, I really wanted to get to, I guess, the main stuff, and I'm sure I will interview him at another point. Um, but yeah, I, I was super uh, glad to not only have this conversation, but I am working with Tyler and some of our other friends on a project uh, called Trek Coalition. You'll hear more about that at the end. Um, but yeah, it's just been awesome just hearing from Tyler's perspective, not only about what traveling is, but learning from people, cultural exchange that comes with that, and and working hard towards something to then help other, other people's lives better. That might have been bad grammar, but you get the point. Um, again, more at the end, but enjoy. My brother actually told me this, which he's never been abroad, and I went again, but he said he lives every day like an adventure. And I think that's awesome. Like, you, you get up, you you go through your routine in the morning, get your pack on, and you say, all right, like, whatever comes at me, I'm ready for it, <laughs> and I'm going to make the most of this day. And I think that's awesome. And I think if you could think like that, it could put you in that mindset. Yeah. So I'm totally a proponent. Like, I don't think you need to do a bunch of crazy stuff to get there. Like, you really... Except that maybe you do just to open your mind to it. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's something to interject for a second that's something that I think because I work with this program that brings people from the U.S. and we one of our things is to just basically get people out of their comfort zone Mm. and I don't think you have to leave the country to do that I don't think you have to do some program but I think it can be a really good catalyst like because Mm -hmm. the easiest way to get out of your comfort zone is get out of really everything that's familiar and you you could yeah theoretically very much choose ways to get out of your comfort zone in your hometown or wherever you grew up but I think we get so used to just our surroundings how we live our habits and breaking habits there's no easier way to do so so even though I hate like for me like I hate moving I actually even like the process is terrible moving all your stuff is not fun but getting in a new space I feel like there's always ways to like 
fill into that new space and create new habits because it's like a, a chance to like reassess and mm-hmm. be like, okay, so what is, yeah, what it, what are the habits I need to have to be then living? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Living. Yeah. And, and in the process, I mean, if you, if you go to a new place and you kind of need to learn how to operate in the new place, how it works, how the people work, like even moving here to Philly, like I've been here a couple months now and I really now feel like I get Philly and I can get in there and interact with the people, how they, yeah, I got the, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but in the process, I think you kind of learn about yourself because you learn how to act in different situations. Yeah. And I think that's something that for me is something I'm striving to do. Like I want to, I want to always be able to be myself in every situation Yeah. and make people comfortable and understand that I'm being myself and that they're allowed to do that too, you know, essentially. Dude, no, that's awesome. And, um, but to continue with the story about this inception. Oh yeah. After Ecuador. So these are, yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. It's a good summary, honestly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) after Ecuador, I was still coaching and like I said, it was, I love to do it, you know, and it was a great year of my life, but I wasn't motivated in the way where I was setting a serious goal ahead of me and attacking it. And you have to understand like, that's how I lived my life until I graduated college. You know, I had a goal to get in medical school. I had a goal to be a national champion in wrestling, which is a, those are some hefty goals. I mean, takes a ton of work. I spent a ton of time doing that. So this is the first time where I didn't have a goal. I was already accepted to Temple Medical School and um, I was just coaching and doing my thing but I went down I went to Philly for a second look which is just they bring students to check out the med school I think that's a great name come take your second look yeah second look <laughs> and I got to meet you know some of my future classmates some of them didn't end up going oh. it was nice but yeah. but the thing about it that really struck me is this is like starting. This is the next phase of my life and I'm was ready for it. Yeah. You know, I took I took a summer and traveled. I took a, a year and coached and I was ready to, you know, like get after something again. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I was when I left, I was I felt that way again, like mm-hmm. let's do something. Yeah. And then I got home and I was telling my roommates about it just talking because sometimes when I talk I think while I talk you know that's the best way for me to do it (laughs) and um I was telling about my experience and exactly that like I met some people I got that real motivated feeling again and it feels good you know I want to do something with it and literally as I was talking with them I I kind of just said like honestly what if I just you know what if I just traveled and set up clinics like I tried to get into global medicine and yeah. you know I could have all my friends come you know my buddy's gonna be a geologist like yeah you can go study the rocks there you know? <laughs> what do you do oh you can come too like we're yeah. all just gonna travel around and help people and do cool things like it literally started like that uh-huh. and you know for most people that would just be a conversation yeah but you know for crazy people like me you write it down and then you start trying to do it <laughs> so like I literally had that idea and then I went that night like and laid down and wrote about it because I in my 
journal, which I usually never write in my journal. Unless you're traveling. when I'm traveling. Yeah. Not because I keep it just for traveling or anything, but yeah. I don't know. Just I just don't. Yeah. And uh, I wrote in my journal, and, I, and then I was thinking... I was just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. I'm like, why wouldn't I do this? Like, why? This is, this is it for me. You know, because for me, it combines a lot of things. It combines me working really hard mm-hmm. and getting, and getting like that type of satisfaction that I explained in that way. Like when you mm-hmm. really work hard for something and you succeed, or even if you fail, mm-hmm. like I've never regretted putting myself into something Mm -hmm. ever yes and like because when you look back and you know that you put yourself into something you can always it's just always fun memories even if the last one was a bad one honestly yeah no feeling and i can i'm saying that i'm saying that (laughs) directly because of my wrestling career yeah which i lost my last match but um oh yeah but like i said and honestly I know this is going to sound cheap, cheesy, but losing my last wrestling match in the, was like almost a blessing because it made me appreciate it for all the re- right reasons. Yeah. Like I had no choice. Like the choices were you either leave the sport that you did for 24 years and you're bitter about it or you leave the sport that you did for 24 years and you are completely fond of it the experience and the time that you put into it even though whatever happened didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen wow so with that in mind (laughs) (laughs) i'm laying there and uh basically i'm i'm deciding like i'm just gonna do this like i don't see why not like i'm combining that side of it i'm combining up to that point what I thought was something that I really enjoyed and what really challenged me to become somebody that I, that I thought was, you know, like a a good, moving me in the right direction, essentially, which was traveling and, um, and not to mention helping people. Yeah. So for me, I was like, I was like combining kind of the goals of how I wanted to live my life. I wanted to be an experienced person that was able to understand people and talk with them and get on people get on their level and also work really hard to do something and then use my skills to help people honestly i mean for me it was just a complete yeah it was a complete answer and i thought well well i should you know i should do it and again like i know i made that decision at that point and it was kind of my inception which is it was kind of the inception of the idea, but at the same time, it wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't uncertain. You know, when yeah. I was traveling, I forget the timeline now. Might have been before Ecuador. But anyway, but I was writing about it and um, it, it started probably, I read in my journal, like 70% travel, 30% helping people. <laughs> which I, I look back and I laugh, I kind of laugh at because as I continue to this idea, I'm realizing that it has to be about helping people because, yeah, because that's the only way to do it. I mean, you got to have the unction. You got to want to help people because it's going to be work and you yeah. got to be doing it for the right reasons. And I'm, I'm not scared that 
that's what it's turning into. I was actually, you know, like that's part of the reason I set myself up for this because I, I know the kind of person I am, like whatever I'm doing, I'm really into. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I, I don't forget about the people around me, but I, um, certainly am a focused person Mm -hmm. and by setting up (laughs) something that I could work hard to, that would help people is great. And I think that it, you know, in the process I'm kind of, I don't know, my perspective's changing a little. So I think what Tyler talks about here is really important. And especially so for people, I guess, like me, like those who travel and go to other places in the world. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier about getting out of your comfort zone, but I, I think what he's saying here, the helping people aspect can be glamorized and can seem um, just nice. You know, you're you're going, you're like, here I am. I'm gonna lend a hand. But I think there's so much more to it to that. And Tyler kind of gets into it in the second half in terms of actually relating to people. And I had a very interesting conversation with a friend here in Ecuador the other day, an, an Ecuadorian who has lived abroad for a fair amount of time, but said. You know, even in Quito, in the, in the capital city here, there are so many people who come from the villages just thinking that they will have a better life uh, in the city. And a lot of times they end up, whether it's just selling fruit on the street or working lower paying jobs, it's not necessarily maybe what they would imagine. Um, when they really, a lot of these people have had rich communities, uh, although they might have been small, although they might have not had the same access to modern amenities. Um, but I think there's something really important to that, and, and that's an idea. Hopefully, I will get on the podcast later, but I think when anyone travels, and again, speaking for me, what I'm trying to do now, there's this aspect of really trying to understand the lives of the people you're interacting with. So again, Tyler kind of gets into that. Um, he talks about Nepal uh, in this coming section and, and just how even the idea of Trek kind of started getting going. And there's a lot of, a com- there's a communal element to that as well that is awesome. And again, that's where I kind of come in, where our other friends came in. Um, so yeah, and it's a story that's just, you know, continuing now. It's still going. So anyway, here's that. Went to Nepal, like had some thinking and it was kind of on stalemate because at that point too, I was completely by myself. Mm-hmm. Like this was my idea and no one was helping me with it. So when I was mapping out how it was going to work, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot, it's a, it was a lot to do for one person. Yeah. And that's when, honestly, whenever you came to Philly, like that's, you kind of made me think outside the box because oh. you got me fired up about it. And we're like, <laughs> you need to reach out to your friends and get people on board. And I was like, Wow. Why wasn't I thinking about that? <laughs> this makes it so much easier if people are going to help me do this. <laughs> like I was so, I'm a great planner, but I was so stuck on like, how am I going to do this? Uh-huh. But I forgot the most important piece. Like if you want to do anything, you need people to help you. Yes. you. That's the only way to do it. Yes. So, I mean, that's kind of just where I was thinking when I was, when I was there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's because I was, it was just a very introspective trip. So I was just thinking about all like from my perspective about, and, um, yeah, that's kind of cool. 
Yeah. One of the one of the things I learned from Nepal is uh, is just that there's a lot of there's a lot of experiences that make somebody you know, and they're all you know, some of them are really awesome, and some of them are not so good and some of them make you feel a certain way and some of them make you feel another way. But if you have the ability to kind of recognize just that, Mm -hmm. that all of these experiences make you Mm -hmm. who you are at that moment. And as long, and, and, and if you can see yourself as, you know, being created by God and being good, then all of the experiences that happen to you are good. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whoa, preach. <laughs> no, that's, that's So I just kind point. of like, yeah. I mean, it was just... And it it was tough, though. I mean, it was hard. It was a hard message in many yeah. ways. But, um... Yeah. And Nepal's interesting, too, because it's just a really spiritual place. Yeah. Like you have above it, um, Tibet and China and mm-hmm. below it's India with a huge Hindu f- influence. Then you have Muslim yeah. countries to the West of it and Nepal's the birthplace of Buddha. So mm-hmm. you have basically Christianity, Hinduism, Muslim, yeah. all existing relatively mm-hmm. and, and Buddhism all existing relatively with in the same percentage, like yeah. of, as far as what people practice and believe in. Mm-hmm in the same area and there's no like there's no conflict with it it's very spiritually open place mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. because of that and um i learned a, i just learned a lot about that and had uh so that like that's just like where my head was at you right, know yeah. and i even got to visit the birthplace of buddha yeah funny story about that is uh i was telling uh, or Govinda, the guy I stayed with, uh-huh. he was telling me that uh, there's this place by his house where you can you can go meditate for two weeks and basically you don't talk yeah. for two weeks. And uh-huh. there's times when you um, can talk a uh-huh. lot of times, but mostly it's not. And you're you have these master meditators that help you do this. You know? Yeah, this is like the experience. And I was kind of thinking like, wow, that, you know, I would like to do that. That would be. Uh-huh a challenge so I was being introspective that would have been the Mm -hmm. extreme you know like (laughs) you had two weeks to sit in with your thoughts essentially wow Uh and I was like telling Govinda I was like wow that sounds pretty cool Mm -hmm. because Govinda spoke English yeah um most most people in Nepal did they were they're they're taught in uh school Uh but uh another thing with Govinda real quick he um, basically the, the the business that he ran the eco farm rather. His his goal was kind of because in Nepal a lot of a lot of young uh, people are leaving the country for work mm-hmm. and they leave families behind and yeah. you know Nepal like I said is in the middle of these big countries and it's kind of because of that it's kind of taken advantage of by those countries so it's really like they might have a government in there for two years tops so they can't really get anything done it's hard yeah so govinda his goal was to stay in nepal and have his eco farm Mm -hmm. and provide produce to nepali so Mm -hmm. and, and stay with his family and be a family man and also bring people into nepal like part of his goal was for his country 
Like he mm-hmm. believed in his country. He believed in the Nepali family mm-hmm. life, and he wanted to live that life and bring people in and show his beautiful country. Yeah. And do it in that way. And I, you know, I just, you know, I respect that mission. But anyway, when I'm telling about when I'm telling him I want to do this meditation thing, he said, "You you couldn't do that, Tyler." What? And I was like, "What do you mean?" He said uh, that he told me that I was like Babu, which is his son, uh-huh. who is a two-year-old uh-huh. and very very cute, very big eyes. <laughs> Aww. And um, but he had a knack for doing exactly what he shouldn't do (laughs) (laughs) all in good I mean he wasn't a bad kid but he just Uh got right in there sometimes it was because he wanted to be like the you know Mm -hmm. wanted to be like his dad Uh but he wasn't allowed to do some stuff yeah but it it was monsoon season and he would always just jump in the the puddles and they would change his clothes Uh put like an umbrella to block him from going down the stairs Uh he'd go down there jump in the Mud no. and then change his clothes and they just laugh like ah. I'm like don't change his clothes <laughs> they would change his clothes seven times if he jumped to the bottle seven times <laughs> anyway so Babu was named Babu he's not named Babu they call every baby boy Babu oh. until they're like seven it's not a set age but yeah as you become older they yeah. start calling you by your name yeah. So he was Babu. So he told me I was like Babu because, you know, if I'm supposed to be sitting this way, I'll be sitting the other way. Uh-huh. You know, I'm always against the grain, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't saying it by any means, like, to, to insult me. It was in, like, all in good heartedness, you know. Yeah. Like, but uh, he's like, you couldn't do it. You're like Babu, you know. Yeah. If you're supposed to be doing this, you want to do that. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then the other guy was with uh, Clay Leaders. He's actually a med student, too, in Oregon. Um, He he said, all right, you know, why don't you uh, not talk tomorrow? (laughs) He's like, you can not. I was like, you know what? All right, I won't talk tomorrow. (laughs) It was like he said, like, to a certain time, Uh because we were going to get up early and go see all the temples. We were in uh, Lumbini, which is the birthplace of Buddha. Uh And so I woke up. And he said, oh, hi, good morning, Tyler, because he tried to get me. And I just, like, nodded at him. <laughs> and then so it started off, like, as this little, like, tough guy competition. And I just uh-huh. didn't talk for the day. But it was a perfect uh-huh. day to do it. We were just going around and seeing temples. You're not going to yeah. be loud anyway. Right, right. And I just wasn't talking. And I just was walking around and thinking. Yeah. And, and then by the time the time came that I could talk, um, I didn't. It's not like I just started talking right away. Like, ah, finally, I'm, I can yeah. talk, you know? Uh-huh. I actually, I kind of I kind of eased into it. And I kind of found that I thought about what I was going to say a little bit more yeah. <laughs> than I usually would have. Uh-huh. Like, someone would say something to me, and I wouldn't respond. I yeah. just kind of think about it mm-hmm. and try to say something that was a little bit more meaningful. Uh-huh. And that was only a day... Yeah. Imagine like, after a week. <laughs> exactly. So I'll be, but it was cool. I'm actually super glad that I tried uh-huh. it just because. Yeah. You know, because um, I learned that. I mean, maybe that's something I would want to do someday. Maybe not. I mean, maybe I don't have to go to the extremes, but right. it's something to keep in mind. I mean, and that's something I wouldn't have learned anywhere but Nepal. Like that's the kind of culture that's in Nepal we were in. Yeah. Like you don't speak and you're really, you know, wise Buddha. (laughs) Oh, fun fact. Buddha is not fat. 
Not fat. No. Very skinny. Yeah, he's just normal looking bald, bald dude. Wow. But America makes him fat. <laughs> they would. <laughs> yeah. But it is not fat. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So we had some. That was good. And yeah. Govinda, I had some good conversations with Govinda too. Yeah. He told me he uh, he believes everyone's born good. Ooh, they go bad. And uh, yeah, the world makes them bad. So he believes that Babu, you know, when he's born, like mm-hmm. he's untainted essentially. Yeah. And he also told me that uh, his name's Govinda, which is after, well, maybe he he had a he had another name too. And it might have been that name, but it was named after one of the Hindu gods. And, it, and the reason they do that, so is, or one of the reasons is, he said, because now tradition, like, that's traditionally, like, that's mm-hmm. how you're named in Nepal. But now it's kind of not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that his mother named them that so that if she dies and she's going to, you know, go to the bad place, she would, the last thing she would say is, like, call out her son's name and it would be the god's name and then that would put her in good grace <laughs> whoa <Yeah. laughs> um yeah. yeah but on my last the best day I had in Nepal was my last day cause I mm-hmm. went to back to Kathmandu mm-hmm. and I was there for like a day and a half by myself yeah and Kathmandu is like uh I mean it's it's a wild city you know yeah. streets are wouldn't fit a car down them and there's wow. you know Someone's riding a mule with some fruit in the back. Someone's on a on a dirt bike with three kids yeah. on it and <laughs> yeah. a lamb on their lap. Like That's it's so uh, yeah. it gets crazy. And then and then there's temples like weaved into the mm-hmm. city, and so it's crazy. And I went out on my own, and I don't I didn't have a, a data plan or anything. So like I just yeah. went and tried to remember where my hotel was. Right, right. So it wasn't like venturing too far. Yeah. And then this guy met up with me. Uh-huh. This art student, he just like said hi to me and like Nepali started. Nepali art student. Nepali art student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started walking me around and showing me like the temples and telling me what everything meant. And then we went and mm-hmm. got some food at this Nepali place. He got a Coke. Uh-huh. And then uh, he took me to his art school. Yeah. And we were talking about. Um, the art and it's it's that uh it's like the buddhist art that's really mm-hmm. geometric i don't know if you've ever seen house of cards and the monks and they like they're they're shaving the sand making the giant circular like artwork oh. a- anyway it's um it's supposed to be used for meditation yeah but that's the kind of art it is like traditional mm-hmm. nepali art and um basically to do this it takes like 10 years to become a master that's so crazy and you can't sign your name on your artwork until you're a master yeah so you start off like the master's trace you trace you an outline and you're just painting like within the lines like working on your hand and then eventually you know you start doing your own traces but then eventually it's just freehand onto the paper wow and it's this perfectly symmetrical (laughs) piece of art that's insane and um so they're telling me about this in in this the attic of this school, uh-huh. and he said that uh, basically they they kind of see it as like half art, half meditation because because mm-hmm. it takes like three months to make these things. So yeah. when, when you're making it, you're like painting, you have to like essentially get in 
I guess, your mindset before you yeah. do it. Yeah. So that you can paint, like, within that feel is what they say. Wow. And then next time you do it, you have to, like, recreate that feel. And, like, so that – and you only work within that. So maybe you only do two, three, four hours a day, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you can't. So part of it's, like, building that stamina is building your ability to, like, get in your – get in your feel because yeah. you have to recreate the colors the oh, same colors yeah. you have to recreate you know you're stopping a perfectly symmetrical thing where you left it the day before and it takes and you have to continue to paint this so right so like that's kind of how they do it and it's also used for meditation like you stare at the yeah yeah at the uh, center mm-hmm. and then as you get used to like it's supposed to so you're supposed to stare at the center, like get a certain feel, and then when you look at it again, like it's easy to recreate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then as you get better, you can move to different parts of it. Yeah. Um, but he's telling me, and he says, like as you get better, and you know, you become a master, the 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 basically your movements become just all from that that feel, Whoa. and you're like in. I don't know. It's more of like. Like, that's the goal, essentially. Yeah, and yeah. it was cool because I was telling them about my experience in wrestling right. and how I started, like, yeah, like, when I started, I just kind of did what people told me, right. like I was saying before, and I did it a lot and mm-hmm. hard and until I got good at it. And then eventually, like, I kind of started to find myself and my own style and mm-hmm. pick and choose what I needed. And, um, and practice for me almost became a type of meditation because yeah um you know it was at one point point in the day where I took time before I forgot about everything that was going on whether it was great yeah. or bad and for two hours that's what I was doing yeah like I was focused on exactly what I was doing for two yeah. hours of the task ahead of me yeah and it was like you had to get in in that feel you right. know what I mean yeah. and I'm telling about this in my experience and kind of finding myself in wrestling and like I'm getting goosebumps and yeah. like he's he's got my arm like <laughs> it was just an awesome experience yeah. yeah so and then I found my way back by myself it took me like two hours because mm-hmm. we walked I don't even know where wow there was a point where I was like in this part of town where we're like what's happening yeah so is that um as we I guess we wrap up here is that what you would recommend to people I mean Pretty. Church bells. Church bells. For a second. My thought. grandma got married to the church bells. She told me. The here? Not here. Oh. But I told her I had church bells. She's like, oh, I asked church bells special on my wedding. Oh. So I have another thing to think about. Oh. <laughs> when they kill off. That's so cute. Yeah. So man. So like I guess, yeah. Like what? I don't know. What's your goal now moving forward I mean it's almost 2017 I know part of it is starting this but like in everything you've learned or not necessarily like yeah you're gonna finish medical school you know you're gonna Mm -hmm. do well those are our goals but like your goal for you moving forward you know is it to learn more about like what I don't know even what this this consciousness or like awareness of living is or I think the goal for me is is to continue to try to connect with people hmm. and understand that yeah better honestly yeah and um because when i went to nepal that was my that's what i did i lived with govinda i mean we yeah. traveled a, a, around a little bit at the end but yeah like 
my whole experience was like understanding how mm-hmm. he lived, who he was. Like yeah. me and Kavinda got to know each other. Right. We, we really did. I and mean, we had some I meals with his family. I watched his little kid like Aww, make sure his yeah. cow stayed in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. But um I think that's that's something that I kind of hmm. am gathering it, you know, from when I travel now. So like the next place I go is going to be Ecuador and we're yeah. setting up a trip um, with Temple to Ecuador. Yeah. So it's going to be a different kind of travel because right. we're going to go and we're going to be doing, you know, we're going to yeah. be volunteering. We're going to yeah. be helping these people. So for me, I really want to try to learn about these people, honestly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then, I mean, obviously go do some cool stuff yeah. if I can, but like, yeah. That's kind of my goal moving forward. Nice. Cool. Well, I'll tell people how they can connect with you. Over, who knows? Instagram, Facebook, whatever, in the postscript. But for now, anything else you want to say to my million bajillion listeners? <laughs> oh, I really wish you were making that face. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I think you guys, I spoke a lot. It was good. It was wise. Yeah. I'd like to speak some more. Oh, you will. (laughs) There will be a part two. All right. But that's good for now. So as you heard, uh, definitely check out Tyler Wilps on all the social media places. Um, See what he's up to. Check out Trek Coalition. As I said earlier, if you have any questions, want to learn more after looking at the website, and that's trekcoalition.com or trekcoalition.org, feel free to write us. Um, You can see the information there. uh, Just shoot us an email. And yeah, we are looking forward to basically, I guess, everything we're going to learn, the people we're going to work with, uh, whether that's abroad or people who want to partner up with us. And yeah, we're just really excited uh, to see where it leads. And again, I do hope I can have Tyler for a round two. Um, but I am just glad that we at least had part one for now. So again, feel free to contact us whenever. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>